We all desire acceptance and support, but unfortunately, the ways many of us try to receive them end up making our situations worse. That is, until you know this biblical secret. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, author of the book Shut Up Devil, creator of the Shut Up Devil app. I'm all about shutting down the lies and the struggles that keep you from thriving in God's design for your life, and I'm here to do it every single week with a live online audience, and I'd love for you to join me live sometime on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org live. Well, over the years, I haven't been shy about telling people about my struggles with rejection. It's kind of been at the foundation of my books and a lot of the messages that I preach. But before God really did a healing work in me, which you'll hear stories about throughout this message, I wouldn't dare talk about all that rejection, a lot of the childhood stuff, because really it caused me great shame. I didn't want people to know of the ridicule I experienced as a kid on the playgrounds, the names I was called, about the times I sat all by myself at lunch or was picked last for the group or the teams. Because I felt like it would be admitting that something was wrong with me. Even well into my mid to late 20s. Until I got some of what I'm going to be teaching you in this message. So until then, for years, I tried to cover it up. And I did it through achievement and perfectionistic tendencies. You see, when I got old enough to realize that I was decent at a few things, and it took me a while because I didn't have much confidence. I was insecure about so much growing up. But when I finally realized that I could do some things decent, and was good at some things that I could get people to like me for a few things that I just went all in on those things because they gave me a level of acceptance that I desperately craved for so many years. The problem is, achievement and the claps and cheers that often come with it didn't heal the root of rejection in me. They came and they went. They were fleeting. Oh, it felt good for a little bit few days, and then suddenly I was back to the same old me. The root wasn't healed. Didn't heal the shame, which always said, you are a reject. So really, it all became this crazy cycle of performing for acceptance, which meant when I didn't perform correctly or when I made a mistake, then I feared I wasn't accepted anymore, and that put me back on the crazy cycle, trying to earn acceptance all over again, round and around and around it went. And I know some of you can relate to that. You've been trying to deal with wounds that come from people who have rejected you, whether that's family, friends, co-workers, classmates, or romantic interests. And you're frustrated because all of your efforts aren't working. In fact, maybe like I experienced, they're probably only making things worse. Well, I have some truth for you today that if you'll take it in, it'll really heal and free you. It did me. And I'm going to give you the truth right up front here. And then I hope you don't mind me telling some stories 
about how I relearned this truth over and over and over again. I'm going to unpack the truth, okay, through these lessons that I learned often the hard way. So here's the truth. It's from Psalm 135.14. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. What does that mean? especially in relation to this message. Well, the key word there is the word vindicate. Might be a strange word to you. It simply means to show or prove someone to be right, reasonable, or accepted. Vindication is often spoken of when you're wronged and you want your name to be cleared. But as I've found, it's also a huge concept when it comes to acceptance and support from people. I'll start with the obvious. For the Lord will vindicate. It's God who does the vindication, not you, not me. When it comes to acceptance, that means ultimately it's not your job to get people to like, understand, or support you. It's God's job. Which might sound weird to you. And I know for some of us control freaks, that freaks us out because we don't know how to wait or really let anyone else do anything for us. But the Bible says God does the vindication. And when you learn how to let him do it, I'm telling you, it's so freeing because you can finally stop having to be all things to all people, working so hard to get people to like you, or... You can finally be free from the fear of what other people might think. And some of us, that's a constant fear that's holding us back. You can finally rest in being the you that God created. Okay, when it comes to God's vindication regarding acceptance from people, He does it in at least three ways. The first way is that God causes people to like you without you having to cause people to like you. This was huge for me because I had a rejection complex from all the years of being rejected. If I'd meet strangers, I was just so sure that they would automatically not like me just like everybody else in my past. So I felt like I really had to put on a show. Like I had to work so hard to get them to like me. And for an introvert, that is exhausting. But as I grew in my faith, and God began to ask me to step out in ways that kind of scared me silly at times, I did it with this truth on my mind and my mouth. I mean, I'd have stomach cramps from nervousness, but I'd be declaring, God is my vindicator. Before phone calls, I'd say, God is my vindicator. Before meetings, God is my vindicator. It's the only thing that kept me pushing forward despite fear of rejection. I'd feel the fear, but the only way I could push forward was, all right, here I go. I know God is my vindicator. (laughs) And so here I go in Jesus' name. Well, you know, often we don't recognize our own growth. When we do something day in and day out, the progress can be so minimal. 
but we just don't feel like there's been any progress at all. Until one day you look back and it's like, wow, where did this come from? And that's what happened for me. One day within the first couple years of ministry, I think, I was set to go to a TV interview for my first book. And I was telling a friend about some of the other friends that I was going to be meeting while I was there. And this place was like many hours away from where I lived. It's in another state. Probably no reason that I should have had friends there. But my friend that I told that to laughed and said, Kyle, you have friends everywhere you go. And I thought about those words for a minute. And then I praise God. Because in the throes of everyday life, I didn't realize just how much God changed my situation when I stopped trying to change it myself. Having friends used to be one of my greatest insecurities. I didn't really have that luxury growing up. In fact, I remember a cousin of mine, like when I was in upper elementary school maybe, telling another cousin of mine at some party that we were at for the family, he said, Kyle doesn't have any friends. And that was so shameful to me. I mean, I would have hid under a rock at that point if I could have, because it stung so much, and it stuck with me. But in this moment, now, as I said, a few years into ministry, by that time, I realized God had changed my situation around into one of my greatest blessings in following God's call for my life. He organically created friendships literally across the country. It reminds me of what God told his people in Joel 2.25. He's talking to Israel here. But he said, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And I think you can take that personally for yourself. Let that transcend time and speak right to you. You might have started out one way, maybe like me, outcast, rejected, ridiculed, mocked, and laughed at. But you don't have to continue that way. You let God be your vindicator, and He will take all the years that were stolen, that were filled with tears, pain, depression, anxiety, and Lord knows what else, and he will restore those years to completely make up for what you lost. And in my case, yes, often, even more today than it was back then, I go to a speaking engagement and I know somebody in the area that I can visit with. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back or say, look at me, because I didn't do it. Trust me, especially Back then, I didn't have the skills to pursue people. God did it for me as I went forward in who I am, doing what He asked me to do, as nervously as I did it at first. This is what Jesus experienced as He grew up going about His Father's business in the identity that He had. Luke says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Those are four areas to kind of reflect on our own personal growth in, by the way, too, if you want any kind of thing to look back at year by year. He increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. 
And he did it going about his father's business. Now, I've got to clarify here. God won't cause everyone to like or love you. Let's be real. He might not even cause the people you want to like you or love you. But God is our provider. The Bible says he meets our needs, and that's not just financially, but it's also relationally, every area of life. We know Jesus wasn't liked by everyone or even the majority of everyone. But God established a support system of the right people around him to help him, to encourage him, to later advance his message. And as the provider of your needs, God will do the same for you without you having to strive and change to try to please people. As you go about being you, as you go about your father's business, God will give you supernatural favor with the right people to help advance his plans for you. The second way that God's vindication works is that it causes people to understand you. One of the greatest challenges in my early ministry came when I felt God asked me to leave friends and an area that I loved to take a position with a struggling ministry nine hours up the road from where I lived at the time in South Florida. I was 22 at the time. Maybe I didn't know much looking back, but I tell you, I knew that 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 God was asking me to move. I remember when it dawned on me, I was in a parking lot outside of a church and I just wept. I mean, it came upon me very strongly. I was sure. But my friends weren't so sure. My family definitely wasn't sure. As a matter of fact, they were all pretty much opposed to it. Friends accused me of hearing from the devil. There were all these rumors going around amongst my friends and even the church group. It got to the pastor, Kyle's hearing from the devil. When I announced it to my parents, they hung up the phone and stopped talking to me for a month. And in hindsight, I get it. I mean, on paper, it looked like I was committing career suicide at 22 years old. Taking a large pay cut, losing benefits, going where I knew no one. Into a difficult situation for that ministry at the time. And to do what? Polish brass on a sinking ship? Most of the times in ministry, you kind of discern a direction God wants you to go, but you're rarely 100% sure. You often kind of just have to step out to find out. But this was one of those rare times that I knew 100% that this is what I was supposed to do. But when you're questioned about something that you are so sure of, there's a significant temptation to want to vindicate yourself. And these moments, you think that if other people could just know what you know, they would surely come around to understand the reason for your decision. If I just say this, then they'll get it. Or if I just tell them about this dream or that vision, then they'll understand and they'll believe me. And I did that. I did all that. And I shoved it down their throats. And it only made things worse. They only thought I was crazier 
You see, often what God reveals to you in your private, intimate moments with Him need to stay there for a while, if not forever. God gives you words and visions and whatever else to edify you and build your confidence and courage to step out in obedience, not so that you can use them as ammunition to prove yourself to someone. Remember, God is your vindicator, not your words, your wisdom, or your actions. And in my case, having nothing to do with anything I said or did, God supernaturally vindicated me just days before I made the move from South Florida to North Florida. I mean, God is on time, like right on time, down to the minute. He did it in some crazy ways, too. One of my friends who was one of, if not the most critical of the decision, ended up having a dream where God told her, tell Kyle it's time to go. There's not much more of a way to interpret that, especially in that moment, than move. My parents, who, as I said, stopped talking to me for a month, well, they just kind of out of the blue apologized. And I'm talking about just days before I made the move. So let me ask you. Has the Lord whispered something to you that nobody understands? Has He called you to a task that people can't believe? Welcome to the life of those who hear from God. I wish I had something else to say. But people didn't believe Noah when he spent all those years building a boat. The closest to Mary couldn't fathom that she remained a virgin, much less conceived the Son of God. No amount of persuasion convinced the naysayers. But in each case, it was God who brought the vindication through his own supernatural means. And be assured, if God's the one who has spoken to you, then he will do the convincing, he will do the speaking to others in just the right timing. Third way that God's vindication works is that it causes people to support you. If you've been with me for a while or you've read any of my books, articles, then you know that maybe the most significant source of my distress in my early Christian years was the reaction of my family to my born-again experience at 16 years old. It's now been 21 and a half years since I first stepped foot inside the church in Southern Illinois that changed everything for me. I'll never forget that Wednesday night, coming home so filled with joy after seeing God and hearing about God in ways I never saw or heard about Him before. And I was so sure that my religious family would celebrate my increased interest in the faith. Boy, was I wrong. Rather than appreciate it, they were threatened by it. And none of us were prepared to handle it. In their eyes, I was the first in the family to stray from a long denominational heritage, and my departure was all-out rebellion and, frankly, sin to them. 
Oh, the stories I could tell. Not helping the situation at all was that in my youth and zealousness, I tried to cram down their throats and expose everything that I believe was wrong with their faith. Some of you know how this is. You get your eyes opened and you think everyone needs to hear and see what you did. And that was me, I know, in some very obnoxious ways. Well, what resulted from my newfound passion or years of tension? My high school years, tension. And otherwise, I was a well-behaved kid. But you'd have thought I was the worst because of this. They thought I was being brainwashed in a cult off the deep end. And since they still forced me to attend their church every weekend, I thought, well, if they're going to make me go, then I am going to buy a t-shirt off the internet that I saw, and I'm going to wear it in the communion line. And it said, worship God, not your man-made denomination. I was going to make sure everybody got that message. And then in a supercharged emotional spat, I mouthed off and told them, you know, if you were around at the time of Jesus, you would have been the ones that yelled, crucify him. That one didn't go over well. And I'm not proud of those moments, although they might be a little bit funny to talk about now. 20 years later. But they definitely didn't do anything to help my cause back then. But let's fast forward eight years after that. By this time, I had gone to a Christian undergrad in West Palm Beach, Florida. Then I moved to North Florida to take that job at that ministry I told you about. Then I decided to go to seminary and get my master's in biblical studies none of which my family understood. I mean, I felt unsupported through most of it. I remember in seminary, had all these other people my age and older that their parents were all celebrating that they're in seminary. Meanwhile, mine were asking me, well, what can you do with that degree? What is that good for? That's a lot of money for what? But while in seminary, something began to change. And it was me. God started revealing to me how to talk to them. Rather than being so combative or obnoxiously persuasive, God convicted me to use the communication method the Apostle Paul used with the Greeks at Athens. Do you know what he did? Look at Acts 17, 28. Paul says, For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Now, what on earth does that have to do with how to talk? It's the last part. Paul says, as some of your own poets have said, and then he quotes their poets. You see what he did there? He spoke to them, shared truth. 
from people that they respected. So that's what I started to do. Instead of approaching them about you're wrong, about this and this and this and this and this, I focused on what we agreed on, the shared truths, and I used the words of their own faith leaders to show our common ground. And that changed so much. Their defenses came down. They started to read my stuff. They came to my speaking engagements. They started to respect me. I'm not saying that they understand everything I do even to this day. Not many people do. But God led me to change my approach, which ended up opening them up for him to do his work in a way that I never could have in his timing. So I don't know. Maybe you're going through some similar tensions with your loved ones, whether it's about faith or education, career or relationships. We all want to be supported and accepted by those that we love. I can't guarantee that you're going to experience this overnight. There are often many ways the Lord needs to work on people. Maybe especially yourself like he did with me. I had to learn how to be a little bit humbled and communicate a little bit differently. So, like I said, there's many things the Lord might have to do before you realize the support for which you pray. But he's the one that does them, really. Because it's often, as I learned, it's often when you stop talking that God starts. It's when you zip it. So be encouraged. God can do in 10 seconds what you can't do in 10 years of defending or persuading. Your vindication will come, and when it does, it'll be worth the wait. Now, here's the thing about rejection. It's a fact of life. Even knowing the truths that I'm sharing with you right now, you're never going to stop being rejected. I still get rejected on a regular basis. Some years ago, I think it was maybe, I don't know, maybe even five years into this ministry. I had written my first two books, at least by that point. And I was traveling, and I was doing media appearances, and I wasn't being quiet about it. I mean, it was not a hobby. I was in this thing. People knew what I did. But still, I got word that a few fellow Christians over here was saying how weird it was that Kyle talked about God so much. Folks, I don't know what else to say except sometimes Christians will give you the most grief. And that's why it especially hurts from them. Because I would have expected that kind of thing from the world, but really the world kind of thought, well, all right, something happened to him we don't understand, but, you know, we kind of assume he's going to be different. But, oh, the church people. That's when it hurts the most, when you have to hear things like that or get rejected by another person who claims to love God. So I took it to the Lord, which is what I've just learned to do. 
often when somebody says something hurtful or something's going on with me that I don't understand, I just ask God. And this morning I asked God, I said, what do you say about this? And then I kind of just sit there and wait. Usually he leads me to a scripture. Something pops into my mind. And here's what popped into my mind. I heard, let them think you're too weird or too different, but there's a reason I chose you for such a time as this, and it's definitely not because you're like everybody else. And I think that's a word for somebody watching or listening right now. You've been mocked and demeaned and criticized for something you believe, maybe for the way you worship. It could be a thousand things that are dear to you. But to you, God says, the things people think are weird are all part of God's design to do something that nobody else can do. And as I've said, God's vindication doesn't mean you'll never be rejected. It doesn't mean everyone will like you. But it does mean that when it happens, you can just do what Jesus told his disciples to do when people didn't accept them. He said, if they refuse to welcome you or accept you or listen to your message, shake the dust off your feet and move on. Word to the wise. Please take this with the compassion that can only come from someone who's been there. Don't waste your time and energy trying so hard to win the approval and acceptance of others. When you dig in to try to change their minds, you often dig a deeper hole for yourself. Instead, when people don't understand you, when they wrongly accuse you, when they mock you, shake, shake, shake it off. Say, God is my vindicator. Be content that you are first and foremost accepted and favored by God, and you are. Ephesians 1.6 says that by God's grace, we have been accepted into his family, and nothing can take you out of that. That's what matters most. You are accepted by God, and he will prove that with others. That's what he will vindicate. He will vindicate your acceptance Your job is to stay true to who you are and what he's asked you to do. As you're going about your father's business, God will give you favor with the right people, in the right places, and at the right times. That's the secret to acceptance. Now, some of you are like I was. You've been deeply scarred by rejection and it's created a fear in you that's paralyzed you and your relationships and opportunities. You are listening to someone who's been there, as you probably heard from a few of my stories there. But thankfully, I'm not still there. A big part of my testimony includes the process God took me through to overcome this identity of rejection. To overcome the hurt and the fear of it. That's how I'm able to do what I'm doing today and to put myself in front of people and to face the criticism that comes with it all. Well, for years, people have asked me for a step-by-step of how to conquer rejection. 
And that's why I created my Rejecting Rejection eCourse, which is available for you to enroll in right now and go at your own pace forever. Here's a little bit more about it, and then I'll be right back. Let me ask you, how would your life change if memories of past rejection no longer hurt? What could you do if you weren't afraid of being rejected in the future? Maybe you think it's not possible. I've dealt with this for so long, but I'm here to tell you it is. If you've read any of my books or heard me speak, you know that the pain and fear of rejection ruled my life for so long, but I found real healing and freedom, and you can too. That's why I created my e-course, Rejecting Rejection. In it, I hold your hand to explore the scientific, psychological, and spiritual roots of your fear of rejection. I show you methods to reprogram your brain to be confident and courageous. We go through spiritual insights, reflections, and applications to heal your rejection-related wounds, and there's so much more. So what do you say? Are you ready to be unshackled from the fear of rejection? Then join me now. Visit rejectioncourse.com to get started. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil Show. Remember, God is good and He is for you, and we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast, wherever you get your social media. So don't forget, whether you're watching or listening, to tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. See you next time.